It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. The Cowboys are seven-point favorites against the Packers this weekend, and I'm excited to see how they manage to mess it up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Jenkins. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Jenkins. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Saturday, January 27th, and we are excited to be breaking down this weekend's AFC and NFC Championship games. We are also going to be joined by Deshaun Reed to talk about the Raiders hiring Antonio Pierce and all of the changes going on with that franchise. As always, Jenkins and Jones hosted by LeJethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubba's? Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. Have a good I'm Gardy B, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking Mother fucking Mike. <laughs> and we're produced as always by the lovely and talented Jackson Saffon. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. 
Mike chuckled a little bit too, man. We did a good one. High five. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, as always, a reminder, if you are not subscribed to youtube.com slash at Jenkins and Jones, there is exclusive content going up a couple times a week. We've got our uh, Twitter answering Twitter questions. We've also got behind the scenes of Dragonfly Jones, the Twitter account that changed everything. <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> all right oh that's i got a tyler chuckle and an eye roll from john that's all i'm ever asking for that's all i've ever your fandom for. of dragonfly jones is hilarious yeah. to me you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you said you have to separate the two i yeah. don't you know because tyler is my friend you yeah. know what i mean and you i'm also be... a fan of tyler i think you could be a fan of your friend like i'm a fan you know of my saying? friends but in a healthy friendship way i have been you wake on... up and hit, what did dragonfly jones tweet today i as have if been it's not on tyler. and addicted to twitter <laughs> for 14 John years okay. because That's of the different. dragonfly jones twitter <laughs> I'm account sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would it. never I hold it. that against my good personal friend <laughs> tyler right, right. I don't... <laughs> I'll, you know what I'm saying? I, I kicked the habit. You know what I mean? So maybe that's why I can, you know, he just yeah, tired. I've been tweeting like once a week now and shit. Yeah, nigga. That's crazy, nigga. Crazy. John gets yeah. on Twitter and asks people if they've heard of a scientific phenomenon and then logs off. He doesn't <laughs> even check to see the responses. <laughs> so bad. Don't even. I, 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 I tweeted some shit about living single like at 11 o'clock last night. Horrible time to tweet on the West Coast. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't give a fuck, you know? All right. Anyway. Um, Let's break down these football games. Uh, we'll start with the AFC Championship game. Ravens-Chiefs, I think this is the game that all of us were secretly hoping for in our heart of hearts. You Especially get, me. Especially <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting all year, brother. <laughs> I feel, bro. I feel like this is this is a game that even the most casualist NFL fan is interested in. Lamar versus, versus Mahomes. Come on, man. Like you're not gonna be locked so. in for this. Probably not. John like, just John just wants to. John, is it Saturday or Sunday? It depends on the day. What day it's is on it? Sunday. It's Sunday. They played football on Sunday, John. Oh, okay, so, I mean, I mean, but they okay, okay. I mean, but so, but on on the playoffs they play Saturday it's called, games. It's, too. it's called Championship Sunday for a reason. Okay, cool. John, you're the reason so, we got all those SEO stories of what time does the Super Bowl start, bro? You know what I mean? <laughs> My nigga, yeah, and and that makes sense. I would have known that five years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. I'll be at the driving range with my daughter, bro. <laughs> It'll be playing in the background, though. I might, I might peek at it a little few times. I'm gonna, te- I'm gonna text you updates like I'm the ESPN app. I'm gonna give you a a play by play. Will updates. the ESPN app exist at that point? That's kind of everything's burning around us. Uh, <laughs> John's John's boycotting the NFL because they're not showing him enough Taylor Swift cutaways. Exactly. <laughs> More white women. (laughs) (laughs) Jackal me. (laughs) Uh, Tyler, I feel like this is the game we were hoping for. uh, Ravens Chiefs. How excited are you that we get Lamar and the one seed Ravens against a Chiefs team and a Pat Mahomes that look like they're in championship uh, uh, form now that we're in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think this is the most interesting game of the postseason, regardless of whatever Super Bowl matchup we get. Um, you know, I'm hoping that the actual product lives up to the hype. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm so torn here, man. Um, you know, like, like I said at the start of the this postseason, I'm never counting Mahomes out. But at the same time, the Ravens were my pick to to win the AFC. 
And, you know, Mahomes was cooking. He's been cooking the last two games. He's just been phenomenal. Like I said, best quarterback I've ever seen. He's just got to run that resume up, you know, to be the GOAT. He's already the GOAT to me. He just got to prove it to y'all motherfuckers, for real. But, um, <laughs> but, Keep it but in the it's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> ah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've shifted course a few times on, on some of my picks here, and I think I'm going to do it again, man. I'm still going to go with Mahomes until proven otherwise. You know, I would, I would love for Lamar to, you know, um, you know, show out, you know, go to the Super Bowl and hopefully win it all. But I'm, j- I'm just not betting against Mahomes right now, man. I'm going to stick with the Ravens because I did pick Niners Ravens uh, before the playoffs started. It is alive. The Ravens especially have given me no reason to think that they are vulnerable. Um, and I'm going to go with them. But it's a lot of people out there uh, who are going to feel stupid. You know, talking about how good the Ravens looks, if the dude who's always in the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship game, who's always been in the AFC Championship game, wins that game, I think a lot of us are going to feel stupid. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not mad at that in the slightest, Tyler. I'm trying to get the, uh, I got a question for you, Mike. Yeah. As a 49ers fan, who would you rather see? Mahomes, who was obviously fucking Mahomes. The Chiefs. Okay, yeah, because the Ravens, they cooked y'all ass this year. You feel what I'm saying? I think the Ravens are the best. Yes. I mean, since Christmas, I thought I just I think the Ravens are the best team in football. Like I said, they've given me no reason to feel any other way. Um, Lamar had the best game of his career against y'all, bro. But I mean, I I get it. I get it. Well, and I I think similarly, like we've just been saying all this stuff about uh, Mahomes. They're plus three and a half. I mean, actually, Jackson, can you give me the DraftKings number? But I'm looking at a line right now that's got them plus three and a half. The Ravens are favored by three and a half. Like, you know, three and a half at home obviously shows that there's a lot of it's respect. A, it's it's a pick them, basically. You, you know, the whole thing, you get three at home. Three at home. So it's basically but, a pick them. But you get a chance, you know, like uh, like Tyler, he's Tyler's greatest quarterback of all time. He's plus three and a half in the playoffs. Like, that's, you know, that's enticing. And I'm not a, you know, but I, that is enticing. I do understand. Um, yeah, I would still, as a Niners fan, I would rather see the Chiefs. I just, I do think that they're a flawed team. Um, I do think that football is different from any other sport in that it is the ultimate team game. Um, Mahomes has already lost the Super Bowl. Brady lost Super Bowls. It is like, I think the Niners absolutely without question have a better team than the Chiefs. Um, and I like our chances way, way, way better against the Chiefs. Uh, than against the Ravens. I've been saying the whole playoffs, I hope someone else takes the Ravens out because like, it's going to be a miserable two weeks for me. We have uh, Chelsea and Rita on here to preview the Super Bowl and it's Niners-Ravens. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to have fun in the run-up to that Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for the Chiefs uh, and, and I can't disagree with Tyler's logic, man. Like, you just, you're just never going to feel confident picking against Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. And, he, and he's shown that this year. Because this is the worst team he's had by far in this run. And they're still, they're still doing it. All right. NFC Championship game. Uh, Niners hosting the Lions. Um, you know, I'm glad y'all are, y'all are slapping the snow roach tag on my 49ers. Um, I'm glad we're at least going up. Against, it's like you're going to root for Detroit with Aiden Hutchinson and Jared Goff. You know what I mean? Like, at least we're going snow roach for snow roach here. I, I, I <laughs> I feel like I have a, I feel like I have a limb to stand on on the Jenkins and Jones podcast. Being a Niners fan in this game, <laughs> bro, Detroit is one of the no blackest cities in the country, road. so it's it's Crazy. easy for me to make my pick, my my emotional pick there. Um, and you know, a long suffering faithful fan base there too. But I I think that the 49ers win this one. Unfortunately, 
You, you, you hate Trent Williams and Devo Samuel that much. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's not what I said. <laughs> Love those dudes. <laughs> that motherfucking Nick Bosa. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to look past Nick Bosa, bro. I get it. I mean, I do understand. Niners are seven point favorites. Um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm going to pick the Niners. Like, you know, like I said, that was my pick before the, the season, but, um, it's tough with the way the Packers were able to run the ball against the Niners. That is Detroit's identity. Um, so I'm definitely a little nervous about that. Brock Purdy, typically when he shits himself, uh, bounces back, he bounced back very well at the end of the, the game against the Packers. I'm hoping that that'll kind of continue this week, obviously, but, um, We'll see, man. I mean, a lot of it comes down to the health of Debo Samuel, which uh, when we're recording it, we don't have an answer yet on what his availability is going to be. So uh, fingers crossed. Uh, But Kyle Shanahan specifically said, and I appreciate that he kind of pulled the curtain back on this. He said, if we if we can plan for not having him, he said, that's a lot better than finding out midway through the game that you're not going to have him because so much of their offense is built around all the different stuff that dude can do that you can't sub anyone in for him. They have talented players. They can build different game plans around different dudes, but losing him in the middle of a game is just such a, a, a blow to everything they're planning on doing that like I'm I'm hopeful that will at least, you know, they're they're not gonna come in uh just relying completely on having him. So, you know, f- I guess fingers crossed about that. You know what's crazy? How white, how far white winged you have to be to out black a Debo Samuel? A Debo? <laughs> like nigga, that's the like Tyler's like nigga, fuck them, and they have a Debo on their fucking got a, squad, bro. They got yeah, a Debo. Trent, Trent's one of my favorites. Bosa is that far white wing <laughs> to fucking to fucking to say yo, I know you got Debo, but fuck it, y'all Nick Bosa. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. And Trent Williams, so I know is one of Tyler's favorite players yeah, ever. He like loves Trent, man. So. Uh, he yeah, and Trent is similar. I mean, he it, you know they walk into the stadium with a boombox, it's like half the size of a Honda Civic. You know what I mean? Like it's a, they're in the front, but I understand that you're looking at who's right behind them. Both are poking his head out. He, with the, <laughs> that MAGA flag waved high. Dude. You can't ignore that. That shit. That red Rick, hat. Rick Bosa been bro, suggesting Kenny Chesney for weeks straight. Still getting shot down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, sir. We are playing this young Dolph. Uh, I, I, did I ever tell you about, uh, you know, we have a, a football team uh, near Long Beach and Bellflower, St. John Bosco, who's like a perennial national championship contender, all this other stuff, right? I ever tell you about the, the musical thing that they do? They let the players pick the music for practice Monday, Tuesday, the Thursday walkthrough. But Wednesday is White Boy Wednesday. <laughs> the, the, coaches, the coaches pick the soundtrack like classic rock i mean it's it's just it's like oh, nirvana okay. or, or you know acdc hey. or some shit like that representation that's kind of matters honestly, man bro. yeah i get it yeah, you know it is and the kids you know yeah. there was some cross-pollination the kids yeah. enjoyed it no they were having fun with it for sure but i always appreciated that it was like hey we will listen to travis scott monday and tuesday but white boy wednesday comes around <laughs> And y'all got some slaps, man. I can't lie, bro. Y'all got some shit. I got hip to it late, but y'all got some shit, bro. You feel me? Uh, white uh, music I was just listening to, Simon and Garfunkel, because it was raining. I always listen to Simon and Garfunkel when it's raining. You listen to Simon and Garfunkel, John? Not not too much, but I fuck with the BGs. You know what I mean? Shit like that. You know, it's 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 white people. It's black yeah. music. You they got into Neil Young for like a week. Eagles. I fuck with the Eagles. Neil Young a little bit. Y'all hit me. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Eagles kind of t- tough. Yeah. Uh, obviously, who the homie that we know that nobody thought was was white until we was like 35? That doesn't count. 
No, but who is it? But he Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell. Well, Bobby, you know what I'm saying? I fuck with Bobby. I mean, y'all got some shit. Y'all got some shit. You I fuck with know. Bobby thinking he was black, though. I feel like that doesn't count. <laughs> but he, I mean, but he was called, I mean, but yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's like, it's like yeah. white people who are excited good. Mike McDaniel got, got hired as a Dolphins coach, not knowing that he was biracial. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 there we go. That makes sense. Y'all got some good jazz, too. There's a couple good jazz artists, which is surprising. But yeah. Oh, you sent the one dude, Matt, um, fuck. All Cell or something? I forget his name. Uh, Trumpetist, you sent, who is really good. The white dude. I don't normally listen yeah, there's to. A couple, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple. Y'all got a, y'all got a few. I'm just surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all got some shit, bro. Y'all got some shit. All right. Uh, before we get to our interview with Tashawn, I want to talk to Tyler about there's a lot of momentum around changing the touchback rule in the NFL, which is this. If you are going towards the goal line, you reach the ball out, you've gone 99 yards, whatever. You're on the one yard line. The other team knocks the ball out of your hand and it bounces sideways out of the back of the end zone. It is now their ball on the 20 via the touchback rule. And there's been a lot of momentum because this happened in the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs-Bills game around changing this. It does sound like the NFL is going to change it. And I have personally been of the belief that it is like that is a very harsh uh, change of events to go from being on the one and a fumble out of bounds, which if it goes out of bounds on the one, it's still your ball. If it goes out of bounds two yards further, it's the other team's ball and they're 20 yards forward. But Tyler made, I thought, a really brilliant point about why that rule should stand. And I have to say, you convinced me, actually. And I hope that they don't change the rule. But could you explain that to uh, to the listeners, Tyler? Well, first off, welcome to the right side of history. We're definitely- <laughs> but, thanks, um, <laughs> thanks, brother. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 I think that the, the fumble in the end zone touchback rule makes perfect sense. Um, you know, we've all heard the the George Carlin bit where he likens football to war, right? And it very much is kind of, you know, you can see the similarities. Of course, it's just a fucking sport, right? Like, let's not be ridiculous. But it is a sport where one team is aggressively trying to take territory from another team and another team is aggressively trying to prevent their territory from getting taken from them, right? Like, the, the dynamic is there. So I, f- I feel like the way to look at the touchback rule to make it make sense is you have to look at the field as the battlefield and the end zone as a team's fort, right? And that is what the teams are fighting valiantly to defend. They are fighting to keep you out of their fort. So if you fumble and an unaccompanied football rolls into a team's fort, it belongs to them now, right? It's very simple. And fumbles on the battlefield that go out of bounds, they stay with the offense because the battlefield doesn't belong to anybody. It's that simple. And for people who are like, okay, well, what about safeties? You know, what, what, you know, why if if an offense has the, the football in their own fort, why is it a safety if if they fumble or if they get tackled? And the reason for that is this: every safety is a loss of yardage, right? The furthest back you can ever be is on the one yard line. So if you get pushed, and the one yard line, like let's just say that is the door to your fort. If you get pushed back from the one yard line into the end zone. You know, the door to your fort. fort Yeah, they took your fort. And the reason a safety is only two points instead of six points, because even though they entered your fort, they weren't, quote unquote, armed with the football. Right. So that's why it's two points instead of six points. And a field goal, that is just like someone catapulting a stone over the the fort's wall. You feel me? And a touchdown is like an armed infantry entering the fort. That's why it's six points. So, like I said, it just makes sense if you look at it through that scope. And that is clearly like this is a famous George Carlin bit. That is clearly the correct like all of the language around football is like marshalling, like the field yeah. general. It's it's all military language. Field. Right. The receiver cores, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
the line. The last league. people you would send into an actual war, the receiver core. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the, the wide receivers and DBs, like the that famous tweet, the like <laughs> <laughs> when the grass is mowed, the snakes will show You're their right, head. Right. <laughs> the enemy smiles and holds a knife. <laughs> but yeah, the touchback room makes perfect sense to me. I hope they do not change it, bro. You've got 99 yards of field where a fumble stays with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, bro, we do not need to, to give the offense any more advantages with rules, I feel like. Unfortunately, that would be the, the, the one, if you're, if you're getting into Domus mode, the one safe bet for the last 40 years in the NFL is if they have a chance to make the rules favor the offense more, they are going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's that. Inexorably. All right, uh, we'll be back in just a second with our interview with Deshaun Reed. Every time I buy tickets, it's a weird pick-your-own-adventure experience with a bunch of hidden fees, and I never know what I'm going to spend. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. I'm looking at the Game Time app right now. The Wizards have quite a few home games that I'm interested in coming up. They've got the Phoenix Suns visiting in February. They've got the uh, Celtics coming there a couple weeks after that. Um, you know, Game Time offers last-minute ticket deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets of every kind of event in your area. You can view all the seats in your venue. I'm very much interested in the Hennessy Suites that they have going on at the Wizards um, Home Arena. So definitely interested in, in, in investigating that a little bit more with this app. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. And with zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code JNJ for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code JANDJ for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, we had some painting done. We are able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we were really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. And just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are very excited to welcome Tashawn Reed onto the podcast. He is the Raiders beat writer for The Athletic, as well as covering. He's a senior writer who does columns and other larger football coverage as well. Tashawn, you are at the center of the football universe right now. The Raiders have hired Antonio Pierce. You got the Super Bowl coming to town in a couple of weeks. How are you doing, man? I'm busy as usual. I mean, the Raiders say they never make it easy on me. Um, I had a, another midseason coaching search for my my second time <laughs> since I've been covering this team. You know, it ain't been that long, but but you know, so it was kind of familiar. But you know, they always keep me on my toes. Uh, it's been an interesting year. Um, coaching searching and, and GM searches are always a grind as well. But finally over with, so I can relax for a little bit before the Super Bowl is here. So, you know, I'm staying, staying busy. That's good, man. Well, I, I've I mentioned to John and Tyler, I've got a, a good history with AP since he was a high school coach at Long Beach Poly. And uh, I just want to congratulate you and all the other Raiders beat writers. You got the opposite of one of these boring HR manager <laughs> fucking coaches <laughs> that are all over yeah. the NFL. You know, he's an interim coach talking about his message to the team was hatred, violence, and pain. Like, this is just a walking quote and a good dude, too. Um, how, how interesting is this story? How excited were you to see a, I don't know that we've really seen a player led movement to keep an interim coach really work like this with one of the premier franchises. So how exciting has the story been? And, and, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that hire and what it's going to be like going forward? Yeah, it was interesting to sort of compare it to the last time the Raiders kind of ended up in this situation, you know, back in, in 2021, when. Uh, obviously, John Gruden was no longer the coach for different reasons than performance. Um, but Rich Bisaccia took over um, as the interim head coach, and they kind of did a similar 180. You know, and, and, and actually that season, you know, from in terms of football performance, it went better. You know, they made the playoffs, and the players kind of rallied around them. It was different then because because of COVID, like we didn't have locker room access, and so like 
I had a sense just from talking to people like how the players were reacting and, and galvanizing around Rich Passaccia. And they definitely wanted him to get the job, too. Ultimately, he didn't. It went to Josh McDaniels. But this time I was a- actually able to like really feel it because I'm in a locker room every day now and I, I see the guys and I, I was able to compare and contrast like how it was those first eight weeks under Josh McDaniels and then how it flipped like immediately, you know, after Antonio Pierce took over. And so I think I just had more of an intimate knowledge um, and, and was able to see it up close in a, in a clearer way. Um, and I think that made it you know more fun to cover and also allowed me to cover it with more depth. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, he, you know, I, I wasn't really... I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, it wasn't like a, like I've said before, like it, it wasn't like he was a coordinator or something of that nature. And we had talked to him a whole bunch and knew what he was all about. Like he was a linebackers coach. So he's tucked off in his office and we don't ever really interact with him as media. But it was like as soon as he stepped stepped in, it was like the entire energy and entire in, in, in the building changed. And that's obviously a positive, but it didn't really guarantee anything on the football field. But, you know, you saw this was a completely different team. I mean, the defense became basically the best one in the league the final nine weeks. The offense was, eh, they were still, they 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 pretty ass. But you know, they beat the Chiefs. You know, they won a few more games, um, and you could just—it's just more of a—it's like an intangible thing, like culture. I know that's a buzzword, but you could just feel it. It's one of those things you kind of just had to be there for. Um, and it was clear by the end of the season, honestly, before the season ended, that the players wanted AP, people in the building wanted AP, the fans wanted AP, and. You know, unlike last time, you know, Mark Davis didn't get the job to Bisaccia this time. Um, he, he was pretty quick to give it to AP. Yeah. You know, I, I remember um, hitting you and we had a conversation like, you know, a, a few weeks into AP's tenure when he was kind of gaining steam. Like, yo, this is probably their guy. And we had a discussion where we were like, you know, I, we feel like the identity of the Raiders is kind of on the line here in, in, in the next coaching decision they make. Like what you said with culture, where. You know, the Raiders have always been kind of a franchise that hired based on vibes. Like, they gave Lane Kiffin a fucking head coaching position. You know what I'm saying? And we were like, you know, they tried to steer away from that. You know, like you mentioned when they went with, um, you know, Josh McDaniels here and, and instead of the guy who, they're, who the players wanted. But, you know, this time they got a guy, an AP, who was like, if there ever was a dude who was a Raiders guy, AP is a fucking Raiders guy, right? Like, he had that locker room behind him. You know, he he's someone who, who had complete buy-in to a, a locker room and a roster that had lost faith in, in their previous coach. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, you know, being that you were at, at in ground zero, you know, you know, right in the eye of the storm during all this was was there, a, um, you, you know, how was it like, was there a moment where you were like, OK, this is gaining steam. And I think, you know, they're really going to go with AP here. In terms of like, I think the moment that I noticed his impact, it was honestly, it was like right away because, I mean, he got up in his first press conference talking about, you know, he's from Compton. He grew up wearing NW, you know, listening to NWA, wearing Raider hats, starter jackets. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell everybody, fans on Twitter, like, oh, this is my guy. Like, we, we, we locked in. Like, fans fans are easy to win over. So, like, yeah. you can see that part. <laughs> but then when we went into the locker room. Coaches are boring, bro. If, if, if you're just a regular listen, dude, like, like, you're going to win over your fans. Listen, but we go into the locker room and, like, Devontae Adams is playing one-on-one with somebody on a mini hoop in, the, like, the middle of the locker room. Like, music is blasting. Like, everybody's laughing and funny. Ain't, nothing has happened yet. Like, they ain't played a game. They just had a practice. And, like, the entire mood of the entire building has shifted. So it was apparent from the jump that, like, it was different. But in terms of when I knew that, like, things were locked up for AP, I mean, it had to be that, that Chiefs game. You oh, know, yeah. You go on the Arrowhead. Um, you know, I know the Chiefs had kind of had, like, a weird season where, like, they weren't really – couldn't tell if they were good or not, but it's still the Chiefs and it's still the Raiders. Like, they've been beating on the Raiders' head for, like, 
10 years now, you know, and especially for them being at home um, and the Raiders kind of being a middle in team. Like, I don't think really anybody expected them to go in there and, and win that game. And they didn't just win. Like, they pretty much handled them pretty convincingly. I mean, like, Patrick Mahomes was in hell. Yeah. Or pick six. <laughs> Jack then Jones a fumble like return point, for a TD next play. Yeah. yeah. Jack Jones is like pointing at him, laughing at him on his way to running into the end zone. <laughs> like Zamir White, who was this? He ran for like 150 yards with Josh Jacobs out. Like they had a couple of other starters out. And like you could just like that was it. Like it was, it was at that moment, it's like, I don't know how you don't give AP the job. You know what I mean? And so um, I think that was the moment that stamped him. Obviously, they wanted to try to make the playoffs at the end of the season. You know, they lost a close game to the Colts that pretty much knocked them out of it. And so they fell short of their expectations in that sense. But just from an emotional standpoint, like I think it would have like, I don't I don't know. I guess I can't say revolt, but like it would have been a, a serious, serious issue if they would have not given AP the job after that game. Um, I remember Max Crosby hopped out there, publicly said he would demand a trade if they didn't bring AP in. Um, have you had any interactions with that dude? Because he's an interesting fella to me, man. <laughs> uh, was that actually true he was smoking in that video? Or, or was listen, 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 listen. Uh, I played the fifth. No, I played hey. the fifth. One, two, no. three, four, five. Now, the Max, I'll tell you about Max. Like, so I, I started covering the team in 2020, which was going into his second year in the league, um, first year in Las Vegas. And like, I got on the beat in like March. And, like, one of the first stories I did when I got on the beat was, like, uh, basically a Max Crosby profile. And so he was in L.A. at the time. I didn't, I didn't notice at the time, but he was checking into rehab because he had, um, you know, struggled with substance abuse throughout his college, mostly his college career and in his first year in the pros. Um, and we just, like, talking probably for, like, 30 minutes. I've never met him before. And, like, uh, we were kind of talking about his upbringing, and he started telling me about how in high school he used to make, like, rap mixtapes because he had like he was like friends with post malone they went to like the same high school in, in texas really the fuck? And, like, <laughs> post malone was weird as hell before it became yeah. post malone though you know yeah. what i'm saying like there's old videos but go ahead but i'm like like max crosby's making rap mixtapes like what kind of <laughs> what kind of white boy is this? <laughs> like he was he was getting in the booth and making tracks with post malone in high yeah, school yeah yeah i'm like that's right. wild like, like i had never met him before i'm like all right this is this is one of this you know, he got Max with the two X's. I'm like, all right, this is starting to like add up a little bit. Um, but now he's 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 always kind of been like, I know we had the whole black versus white team thing. Like it was always it was never a question. Like he would be trying to be playing for the black team. <laughs> um, and like you know, like like like, the, like players in the locker room fuck with him. You know, on a different level because of that. I think um, you know the coaching staff really rocks with him. Um, but it, it, I think it was interesting to me just to see like cause I don't know if we really seen that before like a white superstar jumps out there for like the black interim head coach like nah I give him the job or I'm out of here mm-hmm. yeah like he already got paid like he's you know beloved by the fan base beloved by the team one of the best players in the league like and for him to be willing to go out there and like he don't want to leave the Raiders but like threaten to do so like for for a black head coach to get the job like um yeah, I think that's you know, pretty significant. And I, he wasn't joking either. You know what I mean? It was kind of just like drawing a line in the sand because, um, and I think he, uh, he was one of the, the bigger supporters of Basachia last time. And I think he kind of like, you know, slow played it a little bit and like kind of tried to fall back on it. But this time he was like, nah, like we're not, 
we're not doing this shit again, basically. Um, and so I think that was that was huge. Like I think I think they were probably leaning towards AP anyway, but that was one of the things. Like I don't care about Jim Harbaugh. I don't care about Bill Belichick. Like don't don't fuck this up, Mark. Basically, right. was was what the message was, and ultimately we we saw it got it done. Were, I mean, was t- Jim and Bill? Those were the other options. I couldn't imagine um, Bill with the Raiders. No, those those weren't like. Okay. Um, in terms of in terms of who the Raiders, the only outside candidate that I think they really truly would have been interested in was, okay. was Jim Jim okay. Harbaugh. I think they, they actually would have been been interested in because they were last time that they had a head coach opening back in twenty twenty one. They kind of flirted around um, and kicked the tires on it. Um, one of the GM candidates they interviewed, Ed Dodds, has a connection to Jim Harbaugh. They both worked for the Raiders back in two thousand three. They interviewed him last time. They interviewed him this time. So it was kind of one of those things where it was like kind of hanging around and that was a potential option that maybe they wanted to explore. But um, I think, you know, shortly after that Crosby, you know, kind of threat came down. I mean, they, you know, because of the Rooney rule, like, and it's kind of unfortunate, honestly, that, that they had to like do it, but they kind of just randomly interviewed two unemployed black former assistant coaches um, before they, you know, interviewed AP and hired him. Um, but it was clear that, you know, they weren't really considering anybody else by the time, you know, that we came around. Did you feel like um, we were we were talking throughout the year, like from when he got appointed interim? Um, he's obviously a very media conscious dude. He worked at ESPN for quite some time. Actually, worked at ESPN while he was coaching at Poly. Um, I definitely felt like you know I'm not saying it, it was like fully orchestrated, but it definitely felt like a very well executed campaign to get him the coaching job. Right? You had ex players come out at a certain time and say this dude is Raiders culture. You had players coming out. You had some members of the media I saw in some of the press conferences asking like very friendly questions about like, hey, I noticed that all the practice squad guys are on this. You know, like there, there are these sort of like different moments where you you could see the story being built of how this was the perfect guy. Did you kind of feel that through the time? Like, OK, this is being done in sort of a conscientious way. And then I agree with you. It's like then Max, you know, puts the big joker on the table and it's like. They would at this point actively be fucking it up to not hire this dude. You know what I mean? Which if you're an interim coach who's gone from a linebackers coach to being hired as one of the top guys in the league, you know, at, at, again, at a real one of the franchises that really means something that has like a global brand. Um, that's a unique thing. So did you, were you kind of conscious of that as it was going on? You could kind of feel that momentum, I guess, in the room. Yeah, none of that was by accident, of course. Like, you know, AP played it pretty smooth. I got to give him credit for that one because like he. <laughs> You know, he came in and said all the platitudes about like, oh, I'm not thinking about the off season and getting the head coaching job and all that in the first. Yeah, you, know, like you come you come off top with the with the Raiders backstory. I grew up a fan. I'm from Compton, NWA. Like you're hitting all the notes. Yep. You got a, you got a basketball hoop in the locker room the first day. As soon as we walk in, the players just happen to be playing one on one, blaring music. Like you know, like it's you know it's. But I yeah, do feel like that's part of what players connect to. I mean, I and I know yeah. that was the case with the super. You know, he obviously coached Jack Jones when he was in high school. I knew both of them well in Long Beach. But he had that same connection with players off the same thing. It was like players almost appreciated the way he was thinking those moves through because he's teaching them: if you get into a situation, this is what you should be doing X, Y, and Z to get yourself in a better situation. You know what I mean? No, for for sure. But it also, I think it's like it's an optics thing, right? And so, like even from like the post game, like. They beat the Giants, who sucked, and like you're lighting up post game cigars in the locker room. Like, what's like you know, like what's, what's going on here for real? Like, you bring around all the all the former Raider players <laughs> in the locker room. He ends all his his speeches with with the long ass Raiders chant. Like, you know, he's always wearing you know all the different cool Raiders memorabilia. He's not just wearing the the normal 
Nike right. zip up jacket with the little logo on it. Nah, I got I got the I got the big ass coat on with all the patches and all this. So like he he was he was leaning into it. It was smart because it worked. Obviously, obviously the results still had to follow through on the field. Um, but he got the players on his side. He had the fans on his side. He had the alumni on his side. And I think Mark Davis probably more so than other owners. Like he's always cared more about that stuff just because that's kind of how the Raiders have always been. You know, it's kind of yeah. how Al Davis was. Um, you know, that's how Mark is, and so like. He, he still was, you know, going to go through his process and ultimately do what he wanted to do. But he can be swayed by those types of things, I think, a little bit more than other owners. And I don't think that was something that AP was unfamiliar with. Gotcha. OK, so. um, So, you know, it's it's interviewing hiring season for NFL coaches right now. Right. And when we first had you on, we had you on to discuss your pod series uh, between the lines, which was an examination of, of the NFL and its history with race and its hiring practices and such. And, you know, again, incredible work on that. Highly recommend all our listeners go check it out if you haven't. And, you know, at, at the center of our discussion was, of course, the Rooney rule. And, you know, while we might have had different opinions on that, like, you know, I think it's a flawed rule, but it's better than nothing. And I'm not on some, you know, be happy for the crumbs they give us shit. I'll never be one of those type of motherfuckers. But I think we all agree that, like, networking is the most vital thing to securing a head coaching job in the NFL. Right. And we all agree that, you know, there's truly no way to litigate. 70 year old billionaires like embracing black people into the good old boy network of theirs. Right. But, um, I want to talk about, about David Shaw. Uh, David Shaw was the former head coach of Stanford, been out of work for a year, was fired in 2022. And he interviewed for the Chargers head coach position. And I think all of us saw that and we rolled our eyes like, okay, this is a Rooney rule check off. Harbo is that guy. Right. But, um, I think that we have to keep in mind that David Shaw was the offensive coordinator during Harbaugh's head coaching years at Stanford. So I think it's safe to kind of deduce here that Harbaugh probably advocated for the Chargers to interview him. Right. And the Chargers, who obviously had Harbaugh, you know, on their leaderboard for this position, were like, hey, whatever you say, Jimmy, we'll for sure bring him in, you know. And now, you know, we all knew he had no chance of, in hell of ever getting that Chargers head coach position. But after that, the Titans brought him in for a head coach interview. So, you know, I think we can kind of deduce here as well that he interviewed well with the Chargers where it got around, that this guy is someone who was worth a look. You know, the Titans bring him in for an interview. And I do think that the Titans probably brought him in in good faith because they also interviewed um, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, Thomas Brown. Right. And he advanced to the final stages of the interview process before they went with Brian Callahan. Womp, womp. But <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, the David Shaw experience just kind of like perfectly encapsulates, you know, my conflicting emotions about the Rooney rule, right? Like there's times I roll my eyes when I'm like, okay, they're just checking off the box here. But, you know, also you see the good that that rule can bring at times where, because, you know, David Shaw interviewed well with the chargers, you know, for a position he had no chance in hell of getting, but then that landed him an interview for a position that he possibly had a shot at. Right. So just curious, you know, on your perspective, you know, where you're at with, with kind of the Rooney rule as flawed as it is. And, and, you know, where you stand on that, you know, seeing kind of, you know, this David Shaw kind of example. It's tough. Cause it's like, for example, one of the, and even though the Raiders hired a black guy, but like they interviewed Leslie Frazier as one of their Rooney rule interviews, which is what it was. Um, you know, he's former, he's former head coach, but most recently was the former bills defensive coordinator. He, he was also didn't work this year. But like he literally the day before he interviewed for the Chargers joint, come over interview for the Raiders joint. It's like, you know, he has no chance for either one of those. And like, even again, even though the Raiders hired a black coach, it's just like, for me, it's, it's, it's clear, clear. I mean, another guy that the Raiders interviewed, Chris Richard, like he hadn't been in the league for a while either. And it's like, 
there is no, like, it's not like they were going to get hired as a defensive coordinator because they already got Patrick Graham in place. So it's like really no benefit for them of doing this. And for me, like it, that, that boils down to like just checking the box and kind of the issue that we talked about um, in the past. And so I don't really know what the solution is because like, who's, it's, it's kind of hard to like decipher like what interviews are real and which, which ones aren't. But um, I, th- I think it goes to show that the rule is still flawed for sure. And then doesn't really guarantee anything from that standpoint. And I think it's for me, like when it comes to coaches who, because coaches aren't stupid, like they're human and they know like going into that interview, like I didn't really have a chance at the Raiders job. Like I more so understand it when like a younger coach does that. Like if you're like in your thirties, up and coming, maybe black coordinator, um, you don't really know owners like that, haven't maybe worked for one team your whole career and don't have those, those very relationships. I think maybe that could be more of a benefit to you to get into these different rooms and meet these different owners and coaches and maybe set yourself up for other jobs. But like, unless you're in your fifties and sixties, like the older black former head coach, like, can we stop taking these joints that that we know, like you have absolutely no chance of getting like, what do you like? They don't really get anything out of that for me. And so, um, you know, it'd be better off just let it, leaving that up to like, like I said, one of those younger black coaches or another, uh, obviously the Rooney rule isn't just about black candidates, but, whether it's women or another race or whatever it may be. Um, I just kind of, it, it kind of makes me feel weird when it's like the older coaches, especially ones that have already been head coaches. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that, that's, it's, it's kind of, it's still kind of a conflict for me. Like, I don't really love it. Um, I know what you're saying about like, you know, him getting other interviews, but like ultimately he still didn't get a job so far from what I, from what I could tell, you know, out of it. So. Did, yeah, did you, did you notice, like, I felt like I noticed an uptick in the number of national reports, uh, uh, you know, the kind of breaking news guys who would tweet like, oh, the Chargers interviewed this person, which fulfills their Rooney rule obligation. Like, I, f- I felt like there was a real uptick in people who are tweeting that out. And that's what I thought about every time is what y'all were just referencing. Like, that must feel shitty as fuck. You know, even if you're a, you're a black candidate who knows he's I- interviewing as part of the Rooney rule. So then you open your phone up and it's like, oh, the Chargers, it's literally like Adam Schefter saying the Chargers checked the, the Rooney rule box. You know what I mean? Like with, with yeah. your name attached to it. Did you kind of notice that uptick? And, and I, I, anytime I see that, I have to imagine it's not like a coincidence that, you know, that was being pushed out there more this year. Yeah. And it wasn't just them. Like I did it too. Like when the Raiders interviewed Richard and Leslie Frazier and the only other interview was Antonio Pierce. I'm like, all right, like, we're not stupid here. Like we can see, you know, we can see what this is. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like it's, you know, it may come off kind of insensitive and whatnot. And so I get like some people reacting to that negatively, but I feel like we should point that out. Like if a team is just interviewing two black people on some bullshit and just to satisfy the Rooney rule, like we should state it, you know, yeah. we shouldn't run from it and act like, and list a person's resume and act like they actually have a real ch- chance for the job that we don't. Like, I don't think there's any reason for us to play stupid about it. Um, yeah. You know, I think it, I think that kind of stuff like helps point out like, the flaws of the rule and kind of how ridiculous it is when some of these teams, like they already have their mind made up and they're just doing this just because they have to, not because they really are interested in this candidate. I guess I view I think, reporting from you as different from reporting from, 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 you're trying to call some people out on what, on, you know, right. Like, right. Cause yeah, to, yeah. to me, right. It's like, I, and I obviously loved your podcast that Tyler was referencing, but like, then I look at Adam Schefter and it's like, okay, this is like the teams want him to, you know, make sure that everyone knows, but maybe he is being like you said, maybe it is just be, he's has the same motivations as you potentially too, I guess. But 
I don't, yeah, that's that that's a that's a that's a fair point. It's like it's bullshit, but it's not the reporter's fault. It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's like yo, I'm only telling you what the team is doing. Right. Like, I, like, it's, like I ain't do it. I, I set up the interview. So yeah. All right. What's it, Sean? Thank you so much for hopping on, man. Oh, actually, before you get out of here, man, what's what what's the Super Bowl going to be like? I mean, I I just can't imagine Super Bowl in Las Vegas is like. Uh, <laughs> It just feels like it feels like the setup to a crazy movie. You know what I mean? Like Hangover Part Four, or whatever the fuck. They're like. <laughs> uh, are you excited? Are you already like dreading some of the craziness we were just talking about? Like I'm hoping everyone behaves themselves, but it's like you have the whole football world converging on Las Vegas when they're probably most of them leaving places that were cold. I don't know, man. It might be, it might be interesting. What are your thoughts on that coming up in a couple of weeks? I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I know we had we had Formula One here in Vegas a couple couple months ago, um, and that was like a you know three day event, and they shut down the whole strip. And but I feel like that's more of like an elitist. Mm. Not that the Super Bowl isn't, but like Formula One is very much so. Like I have like millions of dollars, and if I'm here, you know, I have millions of dollars type of event. Whereas the Super Bowl, you're gonna have those type of people too, but you're also gonna have like a few hundred thousand like random drunk people that just wanted to get into some crazy shit. And the streets won't be shut down like it was for Formula One. So, like, the chances for bullshit are very high that we Like, it's going to be crazy for sure. Forecast calls for at least an 85% chance of bullshit. Yeah. It's like it's Vegas. It's not just like a normal city, you know? It's it's like, I know the Super Bowl is crazy anywhere, but like from the clubs to the strip clubs to the gambling to everything else going on in the city, like, it's going to be wild. Like it's gonna be wild for sure, but it's gonna, I think it's gonna be fun. Like I, I'm looking forward to it. I've never covered a Super Bowl before, um, you know, and so like I, from afar, I can kind of get get a sense of what the experience is like. But it's just different, you know, when when it's up close and personal. And obviously, Allegiant Stadium is dope. You know, they're gonna turn out all the stops to make sure the game is, is you know, is crazy. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it personally. Like I'm more so like honed in on like the matchups um, in terms of like what teams we get to see because I'm I'm definitely. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get like the blackest Super Bowl possible. Like that's like, oh, 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 we need Baltimore, Detroit, yeah. baby. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the Baltimore, NFC. Baltimore, Detroit with Usher at the halftime show. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I know, I know Jordan Love let us down, so we don't, we don't got the quarterback <laughs> part in NFC. But like the Lions, Detroit, it don't get too much blacker than Detroit. So like, if we get yeah. that, and I know Lamar, get Lamar in there, Baltimore. So like, and it, like I said, Usher at the halftime show. The pregame show kind of threw me off though. I was kind of. I know. We, I know. I just talked about Post Malone earlier, but like, yeah, why is why is Post Malone singing? The, I think it's the Star Spangled Banner or some shit. Like, so what? He's singing one of them. He's singing like one of the like America songs that we sing before games for some reason. Post Malone uh, singing "God Bless America." He's singing something before. The Are game. you for real? I had like, not heard we going, that. We going from Post Malone and like somebody else before the game to Usher at halftime. Like, who set this up? I guess. I guess we got to blame Jay Z, right? Like, is this fault? But um, Rock Nation, everything's nah, Rock Nation's fault. I'm look. I'm looking forward to it. It should be America. The what is it? America the Beautiful. Oh yeah, Jackson yeah. just messages that. I yeah. will be honest with you. Pretty good imagination. Cannot picture that. I cannot picture. He's a big country music fan. So, I mean, I kind of, from Texas, kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? I guess. It's not an easy song to sing. No, I don't think it'll be good. I'm just saying (laughs) I think he'll enjoy it. Because... Country music fans probably like singing songs like that. That's where I'm coming from. I don't don't think... Not the biggest Post Malone fan person. 
All right, yeah. Deshaun, thank you. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Biko's got a question. That's a good question. Uh, before you get out of here, what player do you enjoy interviewing the most uh, on the Raiders? Josh Jacobs for sure. Because Josh Jacobs would just say shit. Like he don't care. Like it's like whatever it is is on his mind, it's coming out. Like there's no filter. There's no like like one of the last things he said, I think, before uh Josh McDaniels got fired, I think we asked him about like how to fix the offense. And he's like, yo, that ain't my job. <laughs> it's, just like, <laughs> it's just like dog. You're not supposed Fuck to that say nigga that. In so many words, you feel yeah, it's like, I, I appreciate you, but like Josh, Josh Jacobs for sure. Like he'll, he'll keep it a buck no matter what's going on. That's great. All right, Deshaun, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, stay safe out there in Vegas, you know, during Super Bowl week, and have a lot so, of fun, bro. We'll see you soon. We appreciate you hopping on. Appreciate you, having me, boy. The volume. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.